Hello and welcome to the A Block. My name is Marshall Ferguson. You can give me a follow on Twitter at TSN underscore Marsh. It has been a crazy couple of weeks. So many daytime games across the CFL. The old Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, or was it Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't know. I've lost track of days. I've lost track of months. It's the grind. It is the middle of the CFL season. And it's the reason why, unfortunately, I haven't to pump out as many of these A-Block episodes as I would like. It's kind of tough to get people to sit down in the middle of the season when they are locked in on everything happening around them. The bullets are flying, the shrapnel's all over the place, and to ask them to sit down and calmly talk some stories and share some thoughts is not always the easiest thing. Plus, um, I hate to admit this, but I'm a busy dude too. A lot of stuff going on. So I appreciate all of you who always enjoy the A Block and, and, and download this podcast and consume it because it does mean a lot to me. And uh, and we do check those download numbers to see which shows you like the most as well because that helps us shape the future of what we're doing at Canadian Football Perspective. So thank you for all of your feedback on that, intentional or unintentional. But I do love doing these sit-down interviews. It really is a pleasure to catch up with people in and around the game of Canadian football. And this is a special one this week because I have always had great admiration for the guest, which is Adam Sinagra, formerly of the University of Calgary Dinos. Uh, Adam is a, a quality person, an interesting individual, a really well-rounded person as well, I find. And I honestly think he was as good a university quarterback as there's been in at least the last decade in Canada. And you might scoff at that because all the, there might have been people who threw for more yards. There might have been people who played on a worse roster than the Dinos and found a way to win. But Adam did a little bit of everything. His game was so well-rounded. And to see him do what he did in 2019 before we all knew the pandemic obviously was going to hit. And then to realize that he is still the defending Grey Cup champion quarterback. <laughs> Because we've been away from this for so damn long, it's uh, it's crazy to think about, but it's great to catch up with him, and I hope that you will enjoy our conversation. First, I'm going to let you know, of course, about the people that allow this podcast to exist, and they are Fox 40. Make sure that you are geared up for game day. Head over to fox40shop.com for Fox 40 gear, whistles, and coaching boards. You can use the code CFP15 at checkout to get 15% off of your order. Thank you to Fox 40 for supporting us here. Make sure you give them a shout-out on Twitter fox 40 international and let them know that you are enjoying the podcast and you appreciate their involvement with us here at cfp and also don't forget we've got sada city brewing of course on board here go to sadacitybeer.com and check out their wide variety of brews and i always enjoy the sada city happy hour tastings today out on the cfp youtube page it is myself and sam corbet sitting down talking about dunks day beer special beer with a special background story on that one so you're going to want to check that out let's get to the interview with adam sinagra one of the truly enjoyable conversations across the canadian football landscape there he is going on how are you good yourself I'm good. I'm just looking at a picture of Scotty Barnes wearing a Grey Cup shirt. It's tremendous. Toronto Raptor rocking a nine, 1999 Grey Cup vintage. Let's go. I think he's going to be good for uh, Raptors. <laughs> what a train wreck that was last night. <laughs> I mean, until they put Delano Banton in. Uh, that guy. Yeah. Jeez, that was great. How's it going, man? Doing well yourself. Long time. I know. Yeah, it has been. I uh, I can't even remember the last time that we talked. It must have been before the 2019 Banyard, I would imagine. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe East-West. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
Damn, yeah. been too long. Well, I uh, I'll throw us right into it here. Um, Sounds good. It's good to have you on. I appreciate you making some time. I, I one of the reasons I wanted to get you on, Adam, is of course I want to look back and talk football and talk about the Dinos program and all the rest. But uh, so many people, and you are kind of the most recent version of this, and I've gone through this being in and around Canadian football, have said, "Oh, Will Finch is going to be the next guy. Kyle Quinlan's going to be the next guy. This guy, that guy, this guy." And when you won in 2019, the Vanier, everyone's like, damn, that dude's a leader. He makes throws. What happened next? Where, where did you pass take you to this point? And what are you up to today? Because I've actually had people DM me saying, can you go find out what Adam Sinegra is doing? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. I guess I didn't know I had to investigate someone's personal life, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I, everyone's lives took a turn right during the pandemic, but, um, you know, sadly, there was no camper, you know, for, for that matter, because of it. So kind of just continued to train and, you know, finish off my schooling, kind of continue to progress in like my life, you know, yep. as you should, right. As anyone should. And kind of came at a crossroads uh, about March and I was like, just continue to like, I was staying in shape and everything. I was just, you know, applying to a couple jobs because I had to do something. Right. And right. Um, yeah, I kind of came a, to a crossroads in March and I was like, well, it's kind of seeing the writing on the wall in a sense, you know, um, didn't really, I didn't get really any word from the owls. My agent had been trying a couple things, but really getting no feedback whatsoever. And at that point I was like, well, you know, I can't just sit around and continue to train. I got to, you know, so got myself a job and um, you know, there, there was just never no word, no commitment on their end. So, you know, I kind of moved on, you know, uh, ha I'm happy. I had a great career. I can look back on, you know, I'm at peace with it, but uh, obviously it does suck. I didn't get an opportunity, but it is what it is. You know, you leave it up to the professional to decide whether you are warranted an opportunity, which, you know, it was kind of out of my control at that point. Right. So I, I'd done everything I could on the field, but um, they're the professionals, right? They'll, they make those decisions. Yeah. But I mean, that's the, that's the difficult thing for me with so many guys in your situation is that it's a, it's an unwarranted forcement into early retirement, if you want to call it that, because like, there's not a single thing that I can look at that you've done in your foot. Like there's not off the field stuff there's not well he's too small his arm isn't big enough he can't make reads he doesn't understand the canadian game he's not athletic enough it's like you for me you've checked so many of those boxes through your time with the dinos where again i'm i never assume that a canadian's going to get an opportunity but that's why to me it's just so befuddling that someone of your skill set and your nature and the way you carry yourself and you're a champion you bring it back to calgary for the first time since 95 and then an organization, Montreal or anybody else, looks at that and they're like, I don't know, we'll answer the email when we get to it. It's like, no, like, bring the, bring the dude in. Like, there's no harm. This is the other thing. There's no harm in bringing somebody like yourself in. Like, were you surprised that you didn't get more of a response to even get an opportunity? Because I know Quinlan, talking personally to him, he goes to Montreal and he just felt disrespected. Now, different regime, GM, head yeah. coach, all the rest, but he just felt disrespected and that was frustrating for him. And then he ends up getting his opportunity in a preseason game. There was a bomb down the right sideline scores a touchdown, I believe against the Argos. And then at the end of the game, they're still just like, yeah, that was fun kid. Have, have a good life. And you're like, what? Like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. I mean, 
who knows, you know, I, I can't answer for them, but it, what did shock me was like they, the owls, I'm not here to open up a can of beans or anything. They brought in a guy that had flipped from uh, school to school in the States who had some, you know, run-ins with the police. They brought him in over, you know, so I'm not here to open up those can of worms, but that kind of shocked me. I was like, what did yeah. I like, what did I, what could I have done? Right. But uh, I'm not one, you know, I don't really like speaking to hypotheticals, you know, and, you know, kind of worrying about that stuff. So uh, I did what I could, you know, I, I can't really control what they do. Right. But um, yeah, it definitely, you know, it, it is what it is at this point, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say right are you are you actually at peace with it because you mentioned that yeah. but it, it is difficult to to process and you've obviously had the time and the pandemic has forced the hands of a lot of different people but have you really been able to to look back at it and say you know what i did have a hell of a run and if they don't respect me i still respect what i accomplished oh for sure it you know the pandemic kind of eased me into it right you know uh, so took a bad thing and made it good right like it without football, you know, no one else had it. Right. So it, it did ease me into kind of retirement early on early set uh, retirement. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think I could, could still go and sling it around, but um, I am at peace with it. You know, looking back, like I get questioned all the time, like what's going on and you kind of get sick of it, but you know, like, you don't know what to say. It's like, yeah, I didn't really get an opportunity. And they're like, what? I'm like, yep, I didn't, you know, so looking back, I, you know, won a championship, went to do Vanier cups, uh, head Crichton, but most importantly, like I made friends that will last a lifetime, you know, we got experiences and I think that's what honestly I miss the most is just, and you've been there, you you've gone through it like practices in yeah. the locker room, you know, ping pong matches, uh, you know, going out celebrating. Wait, the rain. dinos have ping pong tables. I don't know about right now, but oh my god, no wonder you guys to, win so much. Jeez, we used to crush the the phone table. <laughs> yeah, but, that's um, that's good. I know the the tie cats have that outside of their locker room, and there's a lot of former dinos that are on the tie cats roster in and out of there. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dinos on every roster, but um, yeah. but but yeah, that's that's certainly one of those kind of team building things that you do remember forever, and it does stick with you. I, I mean, for us, it was stupid, simple stuff. Uh, you know, when I went on my recruiting trip to McMaster, I remember thinking how low key it was. And that struck a chord with me because I was just like a super boring person. It was like, we'd go to Laurier and he'd be like, let's go to all these bars and clubs. And there's all these like yeah. chicks everywhere. And all. And I, I would go to McMaster and it was like, Hey, we're going to go to, uh, so Ron Amara, who actually ended up playing for the Ticats down the road as a linebacker DN that I believe played at Ottawa. Ron Amara was on my recruiting trip to McMaster and I didn't even realize this until like five years later, but he was on that recruiting trip. And I remember we're all at like this, some, you know, house party before we go out to the bar and somebody says, all right, like, let's, let's get going. We're going to go out. Okay. Sounds good. Ron Amara steps into the room, this big linebacker from Ottawa. Where are we going? And he's thinking it's going to be like some wild club. And somebody's like Boston pizza. Uh sorry no way yeah. he's, he's like come again and we're, we're like yeah but bps and he's like is that like a nickname for like a, we're like no that's boston pizza we're just going to have some pints and like sit around and basically do nothing and just like oh, talk that's, pretty, talk, that's talk, pretty cool though and talk and listen yeah. to music and right and that's kind of what mcmaster was for me and i'll never forget that because i told him that story when he was a tie cat and he was like oh my god yeah you were there as one of the recruits too it, he hated that 
Like, I think okay. he, he like, he decided not even to go out that night. I loved it. That fit with me for you, your recruiting process. Why was it Calgary? Like, why did that stick with you as a guy who's from Montreal? What attracted you to out there aside from the history and the lore maybe? Yeah. I mean, I was playing at Abbott, um, and didn't really get heavily recruited out of uh, Quebec. I mean, there was bishops, um, had maybe one chat with Concordia and some talks with McGill, but nothing really like that showed a uh, big interest. And I kind of wanted to win. Right. And, um, you know, I remember throwing a, a, a seam in training camp and I turn around and I see dinos. I'm like, dinos, who are the dinos? <laughs> so I have a conversation with Ryan. It, it was Ryan. And um, at the time, and then I go out over like right after I do a bunch of research, I'm like, holy crap, this is a pretty historic program. Like just goes to show you how much Canadian football is a hidden treasure, right? Like, and um, then I kind of like remembered, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember watching them in the Vanier with Buckley and his, uh, you know, when they lost Laval. But um, I think at the end of when I took my visit, uh, Carlton recruited me heavily, went on two visits there and. Oh my God. I'm Kinda. so glad that you didn't go to Carlton. Yeah. I mean, I, I had gut- shredded the OUA. You would have shredded. <laughs> if you wouldn't got to Carlton and had Nate Bahar around, cause that would have been, I'm sure. Like, That's, so I went on my recruiting visit with Nate. Uh, he brought me out and I was like, okay, this is uh he's a cool guy. I mean, like it, it definitely fitted uh, what I was looking for. You know, I, I did like the coaching staff and what they're all about, you know, um, but I went to Calgary and it was just a different level. Like you driving in, you see the mountains and you're like, okay, I can, you know, and then you meet <laughs> the guys, you see the, you meet all the, like the equipment manager, Johnny, uh, coach Wayne Harris. And then you start breaking it down with Ryan and the offense. And it's like, yeah, okay. So I came back, weighed up the options. Luckily I kind of had an aunt and my cousins living out there at the time. Nice. So it's like, and my mom's boyfriend is actually in pipelines. Well, ex-boyfriend now. Yeah. So it was kind of, it, it kind of fit perfectly. So with schooling and everything, and it was the program I kind of was looking at too. So it's yeah. amazing how that stuff can come together, isn't it? Like yeah. it's just, it pieces it together. Like I, I, again, very similar experience for me where I had no idea what McMaster was. I'd never heard of McMaster before. And then I play in the Ontario high school championships and they grab me and have a conversation with me. And the guy who grabs me on my shoulder is Adam Archibald, who went to my high school. Yeah. And, it's, and it's like, he literally showed me the pathway of, hey, like, let me put my arm around you and tell you, here's how you make the jump from high school to university. And here's how you be a good teammate in university. And here's a, and when I, when I learned some of those things from him, uh, that kind of set the course of understanding what it was all about. For you, you get out to Calgary, and you, you get ingratiated in Dino's football culture and the off-season workouts or whatever that is. But who was the person that kind of made you realize what that place was about? Because it it's a pretty special and pretty unique setup. The Again, I, I say the lore and the history of that program, but really it's the prestige that comes with it. And obviously that's born out of the history, but it, it feels like it carries a different weight considering how many pros have gone to the CFL. And I know people are going to say, hey, they just lost to Manitoba last week. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about the grand scheme of Canadian university football. Um, who was the person who made you realize where you were and, and how important your role on that team was? Man, that's, um, and that's a great question. It's like the alumni is so t- tightly held there that it's, I could speak on so many people, you know? Yeah. 
they're always around, you know, you go to from, uh, and Andrew actually was like still, still there at workouts when, when I was there, uh, I showed up in January and he was still working out, getting ready for uh, the CFL. And so he kind of, uh, helped me a lot. Um, you know, Greg Vavra, um, Tony Spalatini, you own Spalumbo's like just tightly held, like, uh, there's the alumni is just always there for support, supporting you. And, um, it kind of demonstrating like the, the, the role I had, right. And the kind of, you know, showed me the history behind it all. And, you know, it, it's big shoes to fill, but I kind of, you know, took all the information in, like they were always there to help and sort of, okay, I'm going to do this my way and like take all the information in as possible and make like, how, how do you want to carve your path? So mm. that's kind of what I, I took out of the experience and um, learning from, from all those guys. Now you end up, obviously, there's lots of accolades. There's lots of different things that we could touch on in terms of your career with them that you mentioned. The Heck Crichton one, I am crazy jealous of because I never even got within 500 feet of a sniff of a heck. Like, I, I wasn't even a first-team OUA All-Star any year. Like, it was just, that was not my game because I was not a game-changer the way that you were. So I love that you get to hang your hat on that because that's one of the coolest. But is the Vanier in in that final Hands season, down. Is that's it? That's, that's Yeah, that's everything? Yeah. Because I... I was so happy for you guys. I was sitting in the press room in 2019 at the Grey Cup uh, in Calgary, watching you play out there in Quebec City at Laval against Montreal. And I was just like shaking my head happy the whole time because I'm like, they're going to do it. This is going to yeah. be this is going to be the day. It's finally going to happen. This has Get been that. waiting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, tell me yes. about tell me about the because I mean, there's there's so many stories that go into winning a Vanya. I know that from 2011 and I was just a backup in 2011. But tell me about that day. Like, let's let's go chronologically here. Just the start of the day. Like, like, what was that moment for you getting ready for the game? being around your teammates, realize, I mean, what was the pregame speech? Like paint the picture for me on that historic day. It just, it, it kind of felt right. I don't know if that, you know, we just felt, um, it goes back to Tuesday's practice. We came out, um, it was the, sorry, I'm going back to yeah, yeah. Tuesday. Sorry. That's but, okay. Um, no, I, it's funny when you say that, because for me in the Vanier in 2014, I guess it was, um, my memory of that game. Yeah. So my memory of that yeah. week in Montreal also goes back to the Tuesday because it was like our food didn't show up on time. Okay. And then, and then it was like the hotel tried to kick us out because we ordered our own food in and they thought that was a violation of what the contract was with the. And then it was like, we went to our practice field and there was no heat. And then, so the whole lead up was just like, man, it is really us against the world playing Montreal in Montreal. So when you say going back to Tuesday, I'm like, that's, that's fair. Cause that is the yeah. starting point on all of this stuff. Yeah. We went out and um, the first period was fire and I love no huddle. Yep. We went out and just bing, 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 bing down the field touchdown. And we we're like, oh, okay. Like, and then oddly enough, the rest of the week wasn't as sharp, but we could, we all knew like we were ready. We were here to, to win, you know, and um, defense that they started getting, you know, uh, climbing the, the, the ladder as the week. And they, we really, our defense was outstanding all year. Like yeah. we couldn't have done it without them. And um, yeah, I mean, the day was just perfect. I had a bunch of buddies, you know, the pregame speech is always uh, pretty cool and stoic with coach Harris. And uh, I, we were just ready and focused. Uh, I couldn't really put my 
my finger on one thing, but you just look around the room and we always had a player meeting. Uh, we always have, I don't know what you guys did. We always have a player meeting the day before game. And that player meeting was, um, I look back at the 2016 one and the veterans pretty emotional. And I, I remember looking at a guy and like, like, and he's like in tears crying, like not crying, but like uh, speaking, like that, how much this means to, to us. Right. And then kind of the same thing happened. Um, uh, the day before that game, like, you know, you put yourself, you're, you're finally there, you're a veteran fourth, fourth, fifth year guy. And you, you understand what it actually means. And um, it was an emotional players meeting, but we all knew what we were there for. And we knew we had the team to do it. It was just about limiting the mistakes and just, it's going to be a weird game. And weirdly yeah. enough that um, that game went by so quick, you know, <laughs> and it was a very weird game. Like I remember, so we didn't have, um, Johnny, uh, we had 72 footballs and they didn't show up till the morning of. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we got a, I'm big. Like if I don't have the ball, like, uh, <laughs> you need you know, the, the feel like you, I need yeah. your, your footballs. Well, cause Johnny for my four years, like prepped them the way, yeah. like we kind of built up to four years and they were like, yeah, this is how it is. You know? So you, you, that's where you have the advantage on home games. Right. And then yeah you go to the venue and they're like, we, we don't know where the balls are. So it was the equipment manager uh, at the Laval that was doing it. He didn't have all the equipment and everything. So I get the ball uh, maybe five minutes before kickoff. Like when you're just warming up on the sidelines, Yeah. I finally get into my hands and it's like, fresh out the box. <laughs> I'm like, all right, it's going to be a, did you start doing the field scuff? I'm like doing everything I can ball slipping out of my hands, wobbling. I'm like, okay, let's just, it's going to be a weird game, but, you know, just try to t like control it as much as you can, because that it's a big, like some people don't like it. I don't throw good football when it's right out of the box. Oh, how are it's you supposed tough. to like, so people don't yeah. understand how awful the feeling is as a quarterback to yeah. have that, like the scuffed up ingrained, have yeah. your, your fingers almost like stick to it. Cause you want your index to just like rip off. It is the last yeah. thing that you feel. And when you get it fresh out the box, there's this like waxiness to it that yeah. you can grab the ball tight and it'll just pop out of your hand because yeah. it's just it's it, coming it, off my pinky. I'm yeah. Like, okay. So, um, <laughs> so no, it was good though. Like it ended up being fine. I did throw a couple like wobblers, but still got there and settled job, in, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, all in all, like what a great, something I'll remember forever, you know? It, yeah. Did, uh, did the Anthem get you? Did you feel the Anthem knowing yeah. it was your last game? Cause I, for me, 2014 Vanier again, I'm standing next to Ben O'Connor who was, uh, I went to high school with him. He was my roommate in first year. He's oh, my teammate awesome. for all five years. And we, Ben and I, it's funny. We never talked about this, but we always had this thing where, he would go to the end of the, the line at the back and I would always go behind him. And it was always just like, Hey, we're doing this thing together. We've been in this a long time together. And we did that the final game. We knew it was our final game. And I have my, there's a great picture that actually Michael Hall who's a great photographer of Hamilton sports guy where I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. Where I like my, I have my hands behind my back and I have my eyes closed and I'm just like soaking up the moment. And they had three helicopters that went over for the Anthem in that game. And as the helicopters went over, I started crying and yeah. I was, I was like, what the hell am I doing? I'm like, I have to go play against like Byron Archambault and Frederick yeah, yeah. Chagnon. And I, I'm like, as soon as I realized what was happening, I'm like, 
whoa, man, I need like smelling salts or something to kick me out of this. But the anthem got you too. It's funny how it, that happens, man. Why does the anthem do that to us? Yeah, I mean, um, it's a great it's a great anthem, first of all. But um, <laughs> I think for me, it was uh, Eric uh, Glavich actually made sure to tell me, like, just soak it in. Every nice. now and then when you're on the bench, just look around and soak it in because he he had been in through all that right yeah. last game in the vanier and um he's like just make sure you take like mental images and i made sure to do that throughout the game and just kind of go over by myself um before every series and just kind of like uh, take a mental image and remember that so it was uh that i think kind of focused me and um, got me set but yeah the anthem always no matter no matter what i always get jacked up about it and, yeah it's yeah. interesting too because people always say now obviously with the Kaepernick and the kneeling stuff like we don't need anthems we don't need the anthem. why are we yeah. involving the anthem it doesn't matter it's not for me I need the anthem because I need the flyover I need the anthem because I need the people singing in the crowd like there's so many more things that go into the anthem than politics and and opinions and policy and it's like no it's it's a social experience to have that based around the country that you're in and some people want to you know plant the flag and make it a political thing it's not political to me man it's about people coming together in a group setting which i mean adam we've been longing to have people in group settings together for the last yeah, yeah. essentially two years so um I, I can't wait to have the anthem in hamilton december 12th for the for the great cup because that's going to be special because that's one of the the big we are back we hope return moments for so many people like that but um the <laughs> I want to ask you about the game itself, but in the interest of time, because I'm sure we can catch up on this, you know, deep dive, maybe down the road again, it's the 10 year anniversary or something like that yeah. of your Vanier cup win. But um, you, you end up finishing the moment hits you. What happens next? I mean, what was, the, was there a celebration? Was it subdued? What, what was that evening like realizing, Oh my God, we've actually finally broken this damn drought that we unnecessarily have had since 95. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it was right after, honestly. Um, uh, I remember just we were all together and in the in the locker room kind of thing. And um, it, it was pretty surreal moment. Like you just go and see everyone that you like the vets been through it all together. And um, we actually drove to Montreal, my where I like my hometown is. And we went out. So I had all my buddies with, you know, my my foot, my football uh buds for life you know and um like i can't really put my finger on it it, it was just best tasting beer of your life best yeah. tasting beer of your life yeah. it, it was you know 24 years and we were part of that right we helped it happen and honestly i think in one of my interviews i said it it's for all past dinos present dinos and future dinos that like, was a badass line man that was, i i remember hearing you say that and to hear you say that in the moment and like that was a great example of an athlete understanding the gravity of the moment and being able to actually articulate it, which is yeah. super rare to be able to do that. I, I, that was one of those moments when I heard you say that where I'm like, that is going to go on a plaque outside of McMahon someday, right? The idea of it being for everybody that's ever been a part of the program and those who have not even come to the program yet. That's, that was such a great quote. Yeah. I appreciate that. It, you know, and I think it definitely took a lot. Um, you know, I had to go through those experience, right? Cause it, it means so much to the alumni and like, like city of Calgary, the dinos program is huge for them. And, um, uh, it just resonated well with me. Like, uh, uh, 
you know, I owe that, that program a lot, um, uh, for bringing me in and like molding me into the man I am today. And, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today, you know, uh, without that, uh, those experiences. I've asked you a lot about the, the celebration and the ups and all the rest, but I, I'm always interested in this question, which is, uh, you know, the great strength that we get a lot of the time comes through perseverance and finding ways to get to take a solution or to make the best of a situation that's not great. What's the greatest challenge that you had throughout your university career? Something that maybe carved you into becoming the champion who was able to break that, that drought? I think, um, you know, we are winning, like we win a lot. So the, the tough losses in the end of the year, like against Laval, my first year, um, second year against Laval again, like those are the games that, you know, resonated well with me, uh, you know, in, in a good way. Honestly, I took a lot back, uh, away from those games and then, um, you know, the loss in against Saskatchewan, obviously, but I think the losses are big. And then, um, in our final year on, I mean, we were, we faced a lot of adversity. Our whole team was hurt and banged up and um, I did not play well in the season. Um, and then luckily enough, we kind of like all got together as, uh, uh, you know, uh, players and just, Hey man, this isn't going to be easy. Like who wants it to be easy? Nothing great ever, you know, was achieved. Uh, that was easy, right? It, it's going to be tough. And we got to expect battles. Like we were kind of like, you know, uh, wrong mentality but I think when the playoffs uh came around we kind of just came as a group collectively we went on a run but I think the losses definitely you know resonate uh with me because they're games like you should win but you don't and it's like okay let you know we need to learn from this and um those were those are some of the things I, I definitely took and took away from yeah absolutely uh, I, last... did, I was lucky enough I had a pretty healthy career though that's why you know, I, I did you so, did you get out totally clean? Like, do you have any lingering injuries or I, something? So I got a um, I don't know if I should be sharing this, but <laughs> I got a concussion in the Manitoba game uh, in the semifinals in 2018. Okay. Um, but uh, like I felt fine to go, but looking back, I probably should have sat out, and it was my yeah. decision. They I didn't really tell anyone, but uh, I probably should have sat out. I was just wasn't good to go, and then against Saskatchewan again in um, uh, the next year, 2019, I kind of got uh, hit my head back. But other than those two, you know, concussions are never something to be, um, you know, loose with, you know, now that I look back on it and um, I definitely, like I missed a game in 2019. So yeah, the, other than that, pretty scot-free. I had ACL back in uh, 2012. So I got it pretty early. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah. <laughs> you're a life. 16. You're- I was going to say, you're, you're supposed to be springy at that point. What the yeah. hell happened? <laughs> I'm, there's this, just this big cut I tried to make, non-contact <laughs> injury. Yeah. Never uh, made that cut again in my career. I just stuck in the pocket. I just stayed in the pocket. Yeah, just back yeah. out of there. That, that's not true. I saw you running around in that Vanier Cup. You got, you got the job done. You were able to go dual threat with it. But um, what what is your connection with football now? Obviously, we talked off the top about wishing that you would have gotten an opportunity and uh, but do you do you watch all the games are you a fan are you close to the game do you have aspirations of being involved in in any level moving forward what's your plan yeah i'm like always watching the game especially following the dinos this year and um they're facing a couple uh, you know they're facing some adversity but i'm not worried about them they'll they'll pull it together um but yeah you know with my job and everything right now it's kind of tough i 
I like to be like fully committed to things. I don't want to do anything half-assed. And I kind of, during the pandemic, I joined uh, uh, the Abbott kind of coaching staff as a QB coach just to help out. And it, it felt great, you know, um, uh, just kind of giving them the knowledge I've learned over the past and seeing what it does and like kind of, you know, like um, you're not a player anymore. You're a coach. So you're like, you know, uh, making, bringing plays in and it's beating defense and you're getting excited, stuff like that trying to help the quarterbacks and stuff. But right now, like, uh, I'd love to, like, I'd love to get more involved, but it's just, what I, do you, I don't what are you doing do... for work? I know people are probably going to be interested. You keep dancing yeah, about in, what the job uh, stuff is. I'm in capital markets. So yep. kind of just taking, uh, smaller companies that need, uh, uh, exposure to the market, uh, helping them go IPO and raising, uh, capital for them. So exposing them to, uh, professional investors and um, stuff like that and uh, helping them with financing deals, private placements. So sort of market awareness slash, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun job. That's awesome. It's like uh, you, you're in a boiler room. So it's a, it's a cool gig uh, <laughs> at the, you know, entry level job. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, uh, I wish you would have got a shot. I've always loved watching you play, but I've always loved hearing you talk about the game as well. And I hope that uh, you do get an opportunity at some point to get back into it because I think you got a lot to offer to a lot of people at a lot of different levels. So uh, thank you for hopping on with me, Adam. It's great to catch up with you. As I say, it's been far, far overdue and uh, we'll do it again sooner next time, okay? Yeah, appreciate it, Marshall. Thanks for having me on, eh? Always great catching up with Adam. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did recording it with him. And in all honesty, I kind of regret turning off the microphone because when we were done, Adam and I started going back on even more stuff surrounding his time at the University of Calgary. We started talking about Formula One and the fact that he loves all the races and he tapes them. And he's a Montreal guy, but he's never been to the Grand Prix. And you say, well, they're not going to get rid of the Grand Prix, are they? I mean, Montreal, I know it's Miami. They're getting some pressure on the schedule. I said, listen, listen, listen. The Stroll family has as much money invested in Formula One as they do, and they are Montreal natives. Formula One is not taking away the Canadian Grand Prix from Montreal. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to go twice, and I think I know who I'll be visiting third time with to go to the race. I hope that Adam and I will be able to do a special CFP feature, maybe, of us trackside there hanging out in Montreal at some point if we get the chance to go. But an interesting guy, and like I said off the top, well-rounded, really is at peace with his decision and knows where he wants to go in his life. We talked about the idea after I turned the mics off as well of going to Europe and potentially playing over there. And he said, you know, it's just not for me. I just, I want to start my life. I want to start to progress in, in a lot of things that I care about. So I have great respect for that. And as always, I've got great respect for Adam. Thank you to Fox 40 again for supporting us here on the podcast. Don't forget, we've got more great stuff coming up for you this weekend. It is OUA week number five believe at this point I mean, it's flying by throughout the OUA season but we got the OUA show with Connor and Wade coming up for you this weekend and then of course uh, we got a triple header on Saturday which I have the call of Ottawa against Hamilton coming up Saturday at 4 p.m. on TSN can't wait to bring you that game really really excited to be able to to call a game in the town that I live in for anybody out there who's concerned about oh, it used to be the Ticats radio guy now he's calling it on television you see is he going to, I don't know why I just turned into Terry Jones, uh, Mike O'Shea, would you, uh, would you tell your players not to have sex before the Grey Cup? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I went to Terry Jones, but regardless, for any of you concerned out there who think, oh, he might be a homer, 
that's not how I approach this. I love stories. I love I love players. I love uh, the game. And I'm working the game with Matt Dunnigan, so we're going to have a lot of fun with the offensive ups and downs of Jeremiah Masoli and potentially Dane Evans and Caleb Evans and young quarterbacks and accuracy issues. And it's going to be a really solid football discussion, I think, for three hours for you on Saturday afternoon. So I hope that you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And hope you continue to follow along with us here on Canadian Football Perspective. At CF Perspective is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at TSN underscore Marsh. And I will be back next week. Fingers crossed with all things A-Block right here on CFP.